Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, their songwriting techniques, and occasionally getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. Welcome to episode 180. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is Wax. The Australian rock band make their triumphant return this week with the release of their second studio record, entitled At Least I'm Free. In today's episode, we're speaking with frontwoman Maz DeVita about the evolution of the band's sound, working with Linda Perry, and returning to playing live shows. Here we go. Our guests today are an Australian punk rock band from Brisbane. Having amassed numerous fans over the last 10 years, their fanbase grew considerably in 2019 with the release of their debut record, Big Grief. Today, they're releasing the brilliant follow-up entitled, At Least I'm Free. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Mazda Vita from Wax. Hello. Hey, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm feeling good. Always good to hear. Always mm-hmm. better than the alternative, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, Maz, it's a very exciting time for Wax and for Wax fans at the moment because there's a brand new record coming out, At Least I'm Free, is out this week. Uh, firstly, congratulations. Thank you so much. It's been a long time coming, so... It's nice to finally have her out in the world and in everyone's ears. So, yeah, it feels good. Of course. I can imagine that um, the the last record from the band was in 2019, if I'm correct. And imagine that in between that time there has been quite a bit of growth, a few changes. When you start setting out to kind of, I guess, begin a new record after the initial come down of the last one, what does it kind of... Uh, I guess, entail in terms of did you know uh, the record that we're referring to is At Least I'm Free? Did you know, I guess, the title from that get-go or was it just something that kind of um, appeared as as the process went along? Um, Yeah, the title was um, a hot topic within the band for quite a while, but it definitely came like towards the end when we were like discussing what it would be and – I think we went through a number of name iterations, but at the end we we landed on a lyric that was in one of the songs on the record. Um, And it just kind of encapsulated everything that we wanted to say. Um, And yeah, it it just made sense to everyone. And the, the album is about, you know, becoming free of something, you know, leaving a situation behind. And we just thought it just really nailed it for us. It was just, it felt right. 
It is a wonderful album and um, we have been very lucky enough to have a listen to it, which um, which is very exciting. Uh, it seems like, although it still kind of holds and retains that wax, um, I want to say signature sound, but I don't want to sound too corny in saying that either, but it seems like that, that there is a bit of growth as well. Um, and I'll, I'll get onto the production and all of those things in a second, but when you set out to make a new record, is there a conversation that you sit down and have with the band about how you want to sound each new record or is it that you kind of discover it as you're songwriting uh, along the way? It's like a bit of both really because I feel, you know, whenever I get excited about making a record, I have all these grand ideas about what it's going to be like and, you know, when I get start actually, you know, beginning the process and getting in the thick of it, it ends up meeting somewhere in the middle of what I wanted and like just chance and just, you know, um, just evolving, I suppose. Like the ideas evolve over time and they're sort of close to where I wanted to be in the beginning, but they always end up becoming their own thing. And that's kind of the beauty of being in a band as well. The collaborative process is, um, that, yeah, that's the magic in it. You know, it, it's not just yours. It's, it's everyone's, it's, it's a collective, um, effort. So I went in wanting a specific thing, but I always go in knowing that it's going to turn into its own beast and that's okay. But I definitely wanted to go in with no <laughs> rules. Um, like I wanted to, I feel like previously we had a very like rigid idea of what our band is and what we should sound like. And as I've gotten older, I'm like, well, who says that's what it has to be? Like, who made that up? Like, how did we end up here? And I guess we're all reassessing, you know, what what are we? What are we trying to do? And why are we even making this record, you know? So it, it, it was a big time for experimentation, both in songwriting and production. And, um, yeah, it just it just ends up being its own thing, which I'm super proud of. Of course, and as you should, this record, as I mentioned, it is fantastic. I think um, my favourite track was one that was a little bit on the quieter side, at least in terms of how wax would usually sound um, with Beam Me Up. I thought that was a uh, a beautiful track. Uh, if you would indulge me for being a little bit selfish, would you be able to tell us just a little bit more about that song and, and where that song kind of came from? Yeah, well, first of all, nice choice. That one's actually my favourite <laughs> on the record as well, my personal favourite. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that song was um, started out uh, in a writing session between myself and James. Um, I had this little, um, I had this little uh, ditty that I wanted to um, incorporate into a song. It was just a couple of lines. And we started building it out in the, in a little writing session that we had. And, um, I love the song and we, we kind of put it on the shelf for a little while, um, until we got into the studio and we're like, okay, how are we going to make this work? And I had this idea of having a very grand, like queen esque moment where there's like a lot of like layered, harmonies and just like a really big crescendo. I wanted it to really lift. I wanted it to be like a slow burn up to the top, you know? Um, and so, yeah, that's just kind of how to ha how it happened. It just came together really in the studio when we were making the album. 
That's very cool. I was kind of blown away, I guess, having a look into the album and some of the the credits, both songwriting and production-wise. Um, one thing that I thought was incredible that I'd love to hear about the experience of was, I believe it was Dangerous, you got to co-write with Linda Perry, who some people might know as one of the members of Four Non Blondes, um, uh, who are very famous for the, uh, what's going on. I'm not going to do my Four Non Blondes impression for you, but we'll get people to look that up themselves. Um, but who's also written quite a few tracks for people varied, uh, like uh, Pink, Gwen Stefani. Um, I think there's there's a whole myriad of, of people that she's written for in the last 20 or so years. How did that come about and what was your experience uh, like with Linda? Well, it was purely by chance, actually, um, our team sent out big grief to like every person they had any contact details to. And I was, I was already planning a trip to go to LA um, to write and to kind of experience a lifestyle over there um, as a songwriter. And um, yeah, she, she came back to us immediately and was like, I like this girl's voice. I want to have a, a session with her. And when I found out, I almost fell off my chair. I was like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> It was crazy. And I was, I was pooping myself. I was like, where, okay. So now I am going to a country that I've, I've never been overseas by myself and I'm going to this country. I'm going by myself and I'm going to this like huge, like inspirational, like, like greatest, one of the greatest of all time songwriters, um, home studio. And it was, it was really nerve wracking. Um, but it was one of the most, uh, incredible learning experiences I've ever had. And just being in her presence taught me so much about what I want out of a career, what I, what I could hope to be, you know, um, as a songwriter. And she was very like, she had a lot of faith in me. And I guess up until that point, I knew I was like a decent songwriter and I liked the sound of my voice, I guess. But I didn't, I didn't really have, I mean, I just kind of felt like the industry had let me fall by the wayside and often I get typecast as, oh, she's the rock chick, you know, but she kind of just saw me for who I was and the, and the voice that I had. And, um, it was really refreshing and it made me think, oh, you know, I can branch out, I can do different things. And she's like, you know, she wanted me to explore my vocal without anything on it. And by that, I mean, sometimes I like to do a vibrato or I like to sing a certain way. And she was like, no, I just want your rawest, cleanest vocal. I want you to hone in on that because there's a darkness there that you need to explore. And from that moment on, I, use that knowledge whenever I'd go into the studio and feel confident and, um, and okay with my voice being naked without all these frills, without screaming even. Cause in, in my, you know, in my earlier days, I would scream a lot in my vocals and yeah, she just, it was crazy. And then we, we wrote two songs in that session and, um, it was like seeing, um, an absolute, um, you know, master at work. It was, uh, it was, it was wild. <laughs> it was crazy. So, yeah. 
That sounds incredible. Sounds, um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely incredible. I imagine that I guess having that kind of experience and, and teachings almost, if you will, from, from her, not that it, I'm trying to work out how to word this, as you said, like there are things that you you have learned how to kind of change your voice and make your voice so you and be able to do all these different things. So this question isn't necessarily to to be like, can we expect maybe, like I don't expect you to be selling out or whatever that may be in 2022 and be doing like a hardcore pop or dance record anytime soon. But do you think that for moving forward, these next few Wax records could see you really push, the, I guess, the sonic uh, envelope for the band? Yeah, 100%. You know, I... Um, I feel like this this album is a great bridging point between the old guard of what we used to be and, and where we're heading. Um, and, you know, I plan to, you know, relocate to LA for a while next year to start working on our next material because I found the place so invigorating and so inspiring as a songwriter. And I feel like I got the best material that I could out of myself when I was there. And I'm learning that place has a lot to do with what comes out. And I love Brisbane and I always will. It's always going to be my home. But um, I think I've kind of outgrown it here in terms of how I feel creatively. And I'm ready to, like, branch out, work with new people, start something new. And so, yeah, our next, rec- our next record is going to be super wild. I don't know what it's going to be, but I just know that... <laughs> I just know that I, I, I want to try everything possible. Of course. Well, again, I know that we're here to promote the second one. We look forward to what yeah. does come yeah, down the, the pipeline hi- at the that hypothetical, stage. The hypothetical record in the future is going to be great. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, I'm kind of curious. The other, the other guest I wanted to mention, um, and I imagine might have come out of the, the LA sessions, but maybe not, um, was the lovely... Uh, Kate Flay, who we've had on this podcast as well, who appears on the track Nodos. Was that another one of those uh, sessions in Los Angeles? It was, yeah. Yeah, same same deal, you know. That was awesome. We connected immediately, like, on every level. And creatively, we just knew exactly where each other was going. And, um, yeah, we we got that song out of the kitchen within two sessions and it was such a fun process and I can't wait to work with her again when I'm back there. Um, and you know, she taught me about rhythm and how to, how to phrase things. Cause you know, she's got a lot of hip hop influence, I think, you know, from a songwriting perspective and she's like, you know, you're really good at melody but let's talk about rhythm. Like how can we, you know, how can we make these phrases like a bit more rhythmic? And she's like, you know, da, 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 da. like, and so that sort of like opened my eyes to like, Oh God, like I can incorporate so much more into the way that I write songs. Um, and yeah, so it, it, I was again, another great learning experience from a master. She is a true master at what she does and she's a legend. So yeah, I'm excited to to see um, how people receive Nodos because um, it's a, it's definitely a step in a different direction for us. Um, so yeah, it's exciting. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I I can acknowledge that I, I would agree that it is like a slight step in, in a different direction, but I think that um I found myself listening to it and as I put it on repeat more and more that um that it definitely kind of clicks, at least in myself personally. I'm only speaking from my own experience, but um I think it was very exciting to kind of see that track and where it kind of took you and the band. Um and, and yeah, and that's there was no question with that. That was just <laughs> wanting to show my appreciation for that track. <laughs> oh, awesome. Um Maz, when you go overseas and you're collaborating with these people is it, I guess, some of those lessons that you're learning and when you come back and you're continuing to write with the band here in Australia, are there things that you can kind of apply to songwriting with them? Do you teach them tricks that you've picked up along the way or is it, I guess, a different experience when you go back to the band? Well, I think when I came back from my last trip, which was before the pandemic, um, I came back invigorated with a new, like, heightened work, work ethic ethic when it comes to writing songs and because the way that they approach songwriting over there is very much like this is a job you know it's it's um it was really like cool to see and to bring that energy back with me and be like you know let's write all the time like hell yeah let's try different things let's do everything you know so I guess just the the um the process and the way that they that I learned from these people is something that I brought back to the band and it opened my eyes as well, you know, wanting to take the band overseas and do all that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest takeaway was the work ethic. I think in Australia, there's always like, Oh, you do music. Oh, but what's your real job? You know what I mean? And over there, it's like, you're, you're an artist. That's really cool. Show me your stuff. Like, Let's work together. Let's collaborate. There's no but. It's just is what it is. And I mm. think that's that's what I love the most about the um the attitude there towards artistry. So yeah. A hundred percent. I think a lot of the people we've spoken to recently, it does seem to be, yeah, as you mentioned, that it's it's almost that you have to be an artist 
slash or like a multi hyphenate if in Australia because it has to be some form of other role that you play, whereas it is taken a lot more seriously over there and you can make much more of a career of it, if you will, not just a performing career, but any aspect of it, songwriting, producing, whatever it may be. Mm, yeah. So yeah, they, and yeah, that, that yeah. attitude shines through um, because they're just hungry to work all the time and it's just so um, inspiring. 100%. Uh, I was hoping to talk about the the two gentlemen who helped produce the record as well. I know that you um, you did return to the, the Big Grief production team, if you will, the winning combination of uh, Nick DeDia and the, the up-and-coming producer, Bernard Fanning. Um, what was it like, I guess, getting them back in, uh, back involved with the record and then working with them for a second time? Well, it just felt like coming home, really. Like, they are our band dads. Um, we've been working with them, I guess, <laughs> now for, well, since 2018. So it's been a minute and um, we just, we get along so well. It's such a, it's like the oddest group of humans but we we really make it work and um it's interesting like you know they bring so much of their expertise into every single like facet of the process and um it's just again uh, a huge I always have something to learn from them the way that they you know the the language they use in the studio has definitely rubbed up on uh um rubbed off on us um the um the approach has definitely been something that we've learnt. Um and especially, you know, working with Bernie um from a vocal and lyrical point of view is just like obviously a dream. And it's interesting, um, the experience is different from last time in that I've got a little more confidence in the studio. So it feels like a, a more level playing field. Um, and that I can, we can, you know, we work a lot faster now as, uh, in comparison to the last time, because we already understand each other's musical language and, um, you know, we just like kind of ride the same wavelength now before I was, you know, when I did big grief, I was really most of the time very nervous because I was like, Oh my God, I'm singing in front of Bernard Fanning. Like what the hell is going on here? <laughs> like I was still freaking out the whole time. And, um, I was so um, insecure about my lyrics as well. And through that process, he was like, no, your lyrics are great. You know, don't change a thing. You know, I was like, really? Like, um, I think, you know, I definitely came into the game with like quite a low self-esteem when it came to lyric because, you know, songwriting was something I did, but it wasn't something I considered. I didn't consider myself as a songwriter, if that makes sense. It's only been through the course of making the last few records that I've actually understood that, Oh, that's what I do. But before it was like, Oh, I've got to write a song so I can scream on stage. That's all I was concerned about. I was like, I want to be on stage. I want to connect with people. And yeah, I guess I have to make a song in order for that to happen. (laughs) But now I'm like, (laughs) Oh, no, songwriting is like a thing I do and I love it. So, yeah. <laughs> That's very cool. I like that it kind of in that roundabout way, it was that you still got the end result, but it was the finding, I guess, what got you there in the in the first place or in the, yeah. in the, in the end, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of being on stage and making connection with people, I know that Wax obviously 
has a huge live following. People love to see yourself and the band play live. Um, I know that you went around the country earlier this year with Baker's Eddie and um, as it is release week, you would have just recently finished a run with the uh, with the Amity Affliction. For you, having been off the stage for two years, how has it been getting back to stages this year and being able to play shows and, and actually firstly showcase these songs to people but reconnect with fans? Honestly, it's it's been so beautiful um, to see everyone again, to see new people coming to our shows. It's just, it's everything that I love about what I do is always comes back to playing live. Um, it's, it's definitely harder coming back, you know, from a very quiet period um, in terms of like a lot of people were afraid to go to shows because of health reasons or, you know, there's just, it, we're in a different climate to what we were pre-COVID. It's definitely left its mark on the industry. So it's definitely, um, you know, it's, it's, it's taking it, it's taking a while to start back up properly. Um, but I'm still so grateful to be able to even get back on the road. Um, we used to tour all the time. It was like, we, we spent months of a year on a road in total, like just constantly slogging it out. And then when it didn't happen, it was like, Oh my God, what do we do with ourselves? And I think that's happened to a lot of artists. Um, but yeah, it's just made me really appreciate touring again. Um, that's been the biggest thing. And yeah, just meeting people that love our music is amazing. They're the people that understand me, you know, they understand what we're about. And, um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. I love, I love our community so much. It's honestly what keeps us going. So it's been so nice. I believe that Wax was one of the, for us anyway, Wax was one of the most um, in the first year of us doing this podcast throughout the pandemic because that's what a lot of people did <laughs> while locked up inside. Um, we had a lot of requests for Wax just because, uh, your, your community of fans are very strong and and do love you guys. And so I'm glad that we were able to, to get you on to the podcast today. And um, I know that people have been excited about seeing you live uh, this year and um, I imagine we'll continue to see you live as you promote this record throughout the year as well. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, they're just the best. Our fans are the best. <laughs> I really, yeah, they, yeah. Like I said, they're the reason why we do this. Like it's it's tough staying in a band, especially as long, you know, as we have. It's coming up to ten years, which is a crazy concept to me. But um, yeah, <laughs> so it's, yeah, they're the reason why we keep doing what we do. Of course. Well, that's the thing. We all like creating art, whatever it may be. It, you need that support behind you because if not, it's just kind of yelling into the void. So, no, you do have some extremely devoted fans, so I thought I'd just pass that on. <laughs> um, lastly, Maz, usually we would uh, ask, I guess, what they're currently listening to, if there's a record or anything at the moment that's kind of on high repeat in your house. Yeah, well, I recently discovered this artist named Fushi. I think that's how it's pronounced. Um She's really cool, um, young artist uh, from America. So she's been on um, on repeat a lot. Uh, what else? Um, as a band, we're really big fans of Fontaine's DC. We've always got them on. 
we've always got um, Idols, which is obviously such a big inspo for so many bands these days. Um, I'm just trying to think of anyone else. I've been listening to a lot of Girl Pool as well. I really, really like their new record. Um, I'm a bit late to the party, but um, it's really great. And, um, yeah, I love their visuals. I love everything about that band. So, yeah, just bits and pieces, you know. Um, and there's a lot of, like, great, you know, artists coming out of Australia as well. Um, we recently got to play on the road, obviously, with Baker's Eddie, but um, – this other great artist, Susie, she's just starting to, you know, um, find her feet in the industry and she's really great, really great songwriting this, uh, and a beautiful person as well. 100%. I will um, gladly admit, I think Amelia was my most played track in January. Fantastic songwriter. Oh, Susie, great so song. Fantastic yeah. picks. Yeah, great, great song. Um, Maz, thank you very much for your time today. I do appreciate it. Congratulations on the album, At Least I'm Free, which is out this week from Wax. But uh, yeah, thank you for coming on to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. And I'm so glad that you enjoyed the record and um, hopefully we'll chat soon. And that's our show. A massive thank you to Maz and Wax for their time. At Least I'm Free is out now. And we've left links in the show notes if you'd like to buy the record or catch them on tour. We also want to give a huge shout out to Thomas at Positive Feedback for helping out with today's interview. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Wednesday and Friday morning, and we now have a Patreon, which you can find within the show notes of this episode. You can follow the playlist profile on Spotify, and you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Until next week, cheers. are on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns